You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sis podcast. Hi sisters, I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout, we know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood! Hello and welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Mads. Hey Mads, I'm Scout. I'm your older sister. We are sisters IRL. Welcome to the podcast where, you know, we got a mission statement. We talk about current fixations. We interview rad female guests. But at this point, it kind of just feels like me and my sister see each other through Zoom. We hold mics up in front of our faces and we see what happens. Well, we put mics up to our faces like the pop stars that we are. Right before we started recording, Scout and I had a little sing-along because today marks the day that we are recording this marks the one week, one week countdown until we see the Jonas Brothers. And uh, I, it kind of snuck up on me. Like I just, it's here. We bought these tickets a long ass time ago. You know, I feel like the end of the year snuck up on like all of us. Oh, a hundred percent. The fact I was journaling the other day and realizing that it's almost November, it's almost the end of 2021. A part of me still kind of feels like we're in 2020, you know, a part For of me sure. feels like we haven't really moved past that. But I'm so excited to go see the Jonas Brothers 
It is a love that has stemmed late in my life. It's a mm-hmm. late blooming relationship for me and the Jonas Brothers. They were always the young boys that my younger sister liked when I was when I was you know my younger sister. Yeah, like if I liked the Jonas Brothers when we it were been kids, it would have been really weird. It would have been weird, even though Nick, Joe, and Kevin are around my age and older. It just wasn't exactly, you know, that three-year gap really, really showed itself when you were a fan. Yes, I have been a diehard Jonas Brothers fan from day one. And just the fact that they are back together and on this tour, I'm ready. I'm fucking, I'm fucking ready. They don't have new music though, right? Nope, doesn't matter because we only care about the old music anyways. No, my favorite. No, I became a Jonas Brothers fan because of Happiness Begins. Yeah, roller coaster. That is. So Scout and I saw Jonas Brothers two years ago, 2019, at the Hollywood Bowl. We're going back to the Hollywood Bowl to see them again. And roller coaster, they started. We were like prepping ourselves for roller coaster. We we're like, oh my God, when roller coaster comes on, we're going to fucking lose our shit. And it was the first song. Like they came out of the gate swinging and if they do that to us again, my heart is probably going to stop. Like I, I just can't take it. So Natalia, our, our stepsister who's coming with us, she's going to have to videotape us because we have a video of us dancing to roller coaster the first time around. I could go sans. Natalia was the one that took that video. I know, exactly. I could go sans the lap dances that you for some reason thought were a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like wasted. I kind of don't really even remember the concert that much. I think I blacked out. So, you know, I'm going to pace myself this time, you know, not looking to get blackout drunk at the Jonas Brothers concert, but, you know, we will enjoy ourselves. We are going to, you know, I love, I'm a Hollywood Bowl, like, Liking the Hollywood Bowl is a personality trait of mine. I am obsessed with that venue and obsessed with that place. And so we are going to get there early. We're going to have a whole day, a little picnic, a little wine, a little rum cube. And then we're going to dance our tuchuses off, our tuchai off. Yeah, I am very, very excited. We have a, someone picking us up, right? Yeah, so this is something we're going to have to cons- we're gonna have to talk about the logistics because I know you are a diva in this way. So we will discuss the logistics, but don't, don't you fret, Scout. I will get you there and back in one piece with minimal wait time. Thank you, a minimal walk time. Uh, minimal walk time, minimal wait time. I will be wanting a street meet game day dog okay we'll figure it out I don't know is it just the four of us it's just the four of us going right it's just the four of us oh my gosh I'm so excited how cute are we it's gonna be amazing I put a scout 000 notice in the calendar for scouts agency for Wednesday and Thursday (laughs) yeah recovery day for sure I mean we're gonna go ham I'm so beyond excited I'm gonna cry during love bug I'm gonna freak out during roller coaster like there's just gonna be so many emotions and I'm ready for it yeah. Okay. So real quick pivots. I was wondering if we could talk about this before we get into current fixation and content corner, which content corner was really born in quarantine. We haven't done it in a while. Obviously this is Maddie's time to shine. And this is a time for me to talk about the two pieces of content that I've been consuming in the last four to six months, which I feel like really add weight to the conversation. I've hit the work from home breaking point. Oh, I am now going stir crazy. I have cabin fever to the nth degree. All I want to do is put on some kind of an outfit and go somewhere. And it's starting to really, really, it, like, it hit me like a ton of bricks because obviously in quarantine, we all went, we worked from home and then I closed my office at Scouts Agency. So my whole team is remote. And just in the last two weeks, it has hit me like a tidal wave 
I mm-mm, mm-mm. I want to get dressed. I want to run errands. I want to I want to be in the wild. And it's shocking me because I said I would never go back to an office. And this is not me saying I'm going to get an office, but this is definitely me saying I need to not work from home every day. Wow. Okay. So I don't share the sentiment of like wanting to get dressed. That's definitely something I I do not want to partake in. I do understand the wanting to get out. There's definitely, you know, one day I went, where did I go? I went and I worked from somewhere else and I was like, whoa, this feels really nice. And I felt super productive just because I was in a new environment. It kind of shocked my system. I, you know, when we're home, again, there's these blurred lines. I mean, we've been talking about it for the past two years. Like there's these blurred lines between home and work and it's sometimes it's harder to get motivated or sometimes you just need that different a delineation between your work day and and your life day. I don't know. So I completely agree with you. I don't know if I would want to go in every day though, because there's just this like so much time is wasted going, coming, the, you know, the journey of, of the commute. Yeah, I know. And it's something that I'm juggling in my mind. You know, do I get just like a co-working space for myself and go? Cause I think going two to three times a week, not even for the full yeah. eight hours, just for like four hours at a time. I also have a problem where I'm always on calls today. I think I have eight calls. And so I can't necessarily do the general co-working. I need like a quiet room. We do a lot of podcasting. So there's that. But I'm just noticing this intense itch. I'm more lethargic at home now. I don't feel energized. I want to do things. I don't want to sit at home all weekend anymore. I'm ready to be social. And it feels like a switch has happened. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm I'm marinating on what the best thing to do with this switch is. But I am feeling the work from home 24-7 thing is I want it to be over for me. Wow. Okay. So thanks for the update. Uh, We'll we'll, uh, ruminate on some solutions for you scout I see where you're coming from but I also like I think I've been very social lately and all the trips that I've been on that I crave no human contact (laughs) so I'm kind of like the past two weekends I've been so homebody just not seeing anyone and also because I'm preparing for Jonas Brothers and then the next day outside lands (laughs) so it's gonna be (laughs) a lot Good Lord, child. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, I'm being more social than ever. I'm going to dinners after work, etc. But I think it's not even about being social. I think it's literally just work, getting in a car, going somewhere, being in a different environment. I'm craving a different environment. So that obviously looks some different ways because I have a team. Like, do I pull them into this situation? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to work with other people in that type of way. You know what I mean? But I am needing... You know, I'm Ariel and I'm looking onto the human land and I'm wondering what it would be like to go out there. Oh, oh dear God. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how dark we're getting over here. That was a stretch. Um, but okay. <laughs> All right. So come back to us with solutions. Next episode, we'll get an update from Scout on whether she's left her home. <laughs> Oh, things are looking dark. Okay, let's do current fixations. My current fixation, which I'm really shocked it's my current fixation. I did not think I would jump on this train, is Skims. 
So we talked two times ago, now that this will come out two times ago, we do a live podcast recording on Green Room, which is Spotify's app, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And our first one that we did, we talked about how Kim Kardashian was incredible on SNL, like one of the best hosts, hands down, of SNL. And because of that, I bought Skims, and which was a really interesting thing. So I bought that very Instagrammable, trendy boxer brief one that has the V down. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. I'm returning that one. It's it's not that it's not as flattering as one thinks it is. But the tops. Can you see like the outline of your vagina or something in it? No, it's not that. I just felt as if it didn't totally shape me properly. Like I definitely cannot wear that. Yeah, it didn't. It doesn't suck in in the right areas. It wasn't. I didn't feel flattering. I'm not going to walk around the house in it. It wasn't. Yeah. But the I bought the matching top and it's a tank top. I think I wore it every single day for five days straight. And then I purchased this one. I'm wearing it right now. It's like a mock turtleneck. Oh, yeah, that's cute. And it's just a really, re- like the material's really great. It's really great basic. I like kind of a tight, just simple black tank, you know, to wear with my uh, high-waisted sweats. So I'm actually, I think like once a month I'm going to get these basics like in a different color. So I have a whole thing. I'm really into overhauling my closet and making everything very purposeful and good quality. So the Skims tank tops are really, really, really good. Mm, Okay. I need to, can you send me the link? Cause I'm going to need to purchase that. Yeah. It's the tank top one. Ooh, it's, Oh, it's flattering. It's flattering on the on the, what's it called? The decollege? Decollege. Okay. Well, this is the difference between you and me. De- the decollege. What's it called? Do you know? Decollege. Wait. Decolletage. Decolletage? I don't fuck. You know what? The bosom. The bosom. The bosom. The brassiere. The brassiere. The brassiere part of you. So anyways. The big old titties. No. Nope. Not how I describe my body, but thank you very much for coming to the show. Okay, what's your current fixation? I would definitely describe your body like that. All right. My current fixation is our place, which I don't know. I probably have said this as a current fixation before, but I have had a new reinvigoration for this brand. Probably have seen the Always Pan that is kind of all over your Instagram feed. And it's this pan that kind of like replaces, I think, I don't know how many number of like cookwares, but it has tons of like different technologies that it can replace a lot of your kitchen staples. So I have the pan, but then I got their pot, which they just released a pot and I got their cups and the cups are so, so cute. Oh, we love a good cup at OKC. We love a good cup. These cups, not only are they cute, but they are functional because they stack upon each other. And now, look, my kitchen doesn't have a lot of storage. So these cups are incredible. They just stack up. They don't even take that much space. And I got I got some color. This is a really big, really big progression in my life. Let me guess the color. It's a burnt orange. So I got the multicolor. So there wa- it is one with burnt orange because I wanted to like, you know, do a little taste test of all the colors. Try it on. See how it feels. Try it on. How- see how it feels. My favorite is the green and then the like charcoal, which is kind of similar to the ones you have. So you know what? I'm just I'm elevating the kitchen and also makes me want to cook. You guys know I'm not, you know, I'm not a cook, but 
makes me want to cook. I was going to say, it's kind of like the chicken before the egg, you know, do you get the cookware to make you cook or do you cook enough that you need the cookware? For me, it's you get the cookware to to inspire you to cook. It's similar in the vein of you get the cute workout outfits to inspire you to work out, right? So make having these staples and also they're works of art. Like, you know how when you are done cooking, you'll put your pans away because they're like, you know, cluttering. I put the pan on top of the stove because it's a work of art. It's a piece. It's a luxury. It's like I look at it and I'm proud to display it. You know, my one of my kitchen goals is to have one of those racks where you just hang the pans and the pots from and it sits like above. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of my kitchen goals is to have open shelving and then have like all the ceramics and just, again, the Jetty Cade lifestyle. It's We're always in pursuit. Open shelves, a pot rack, I don't know what you call it, that hangs from the pot ceiling. Rack. Yeah. A window right in front of your sink. So when you wash the dishes, you can look outside the window. A huge farm sink with no division in the middle, just one big sink. What else do we need in our dream kitchen? I think I think we're just describing Kendall Jenner's kitchen again, as we always are and always referring back to. But oh, wait, can we talk before we get into the meat of the episode? Can we talk about Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker? We sure can. I know that you are. Oh, do you think a wedding's actually going to happen? So I was going to mention this in the hot takes when we do our green room live recording, but I will just mention it here. Oh, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should save it. Well, when this comes out, it would have already happened. So yeah, but I want to I want to real live talk to you about this. Should we oh. save it for hot takes? Yeah, we'll save we it. We should for hot say takes. okay, sisters. This is the type of stuff you got to come on green room for. Okay, you, yeah. we'll talk about this on our other content channel where we uh, talk about things that we you know talk about. Do you shed? Oh yeah, oh yeah, everywhere, just everywhere, every fucking where. My my hair clumps into little piles, and they they're in the corners of all my rooms. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. 
sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, unsubscribe from that. That's disgusting. I also want to say just a random thought. I posted this on our Instagram story. I've been very, very active today, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, a little too active. I'm concerned. Very active. Did you know that mom put me in bifocals when I was seven years old like the glasses i had bifocals what do you mean bifocals i had motherfucking bifocals like when you look down you see one and when you look up you see the other like grandparents have bifocals i had bifocals your career your historic career with glasses is highly confusing because i don't actually think you need them oh no i don't I made myself blind when I went to the when I went to the eye doctor. I lied. Mom would be spending all of this money on these expensive, gorgeous glasses for you. And who is the one that's literally actually blind? Like I'm not wearing my glasses right now because I have a headache. I can't fucking read anything on my computer. You're blurry to me right now. And oh for God. some reason, you were the you were the kid who needed the cute glasses. So I had a bifocals, which if you and they were like 2x magnified. The smaller ones were two. They were probably weren't even fucking prescription. They were just like Maddie like buys all these all of her people shit. And she's like, can you just 2x magnify it without a prescription? That's what you did. (laughs) That is so true. Oh, God. I was just remembering back to those days and I would get the biggest headaches because bifocals are terrible for you. This. This is too much. This oh, is too God. Much. I just, you know, just the more you know about uh, baby Mads, that's just, oh, my God. I just can't believe it. I was like an old man. And somehow I'm the one that ended up blind. I, 
Like if I get pulled over by a cop, I'm legally not allowed to drive without glasses. Oh my God, Scout. That's why I can only shop at Warby Parker because I would buy, one time I bought expensive sunglasses and I was like, I'll just take them to Lens Crafters and they'll put my prescription in. But the sunglasses I buy are not necessarily, you know, the traditional typical lens and they can never do it. Like, I don't know why the shape is weird. They can never do it. So I can't just go buy Celine sunglasses, let's say, and go to Lens Crafters and they can put in my prescription. And I also at this point, cannot afford to wear sunglasses without prescriptions. So I am limited to Warby Parker at this point. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, so poor, poor Scout. Well, I'm just saying there's some styles that I would like to rock that Warby does not have. I am a huge Warby fan. They are my favorite thing in the world. But I'm just saying sometimes I see other sunglasses that I would like to purchase, but I I cannot wear them because I need prescription and I refuse to wear contacts. Okay, well... That sounds like a you problem. Okay, let's get into content corner. I'm really, really excited about this. There's this this came at a perfect time because there is just so much content. Like just very apt time. I'm excited. Oh my God, really? Because when I was trying to figure out my content corner, I was like, there's not a lot of content out right now. I'll carry the conversation. Why don't I be the moderator? You were the moderator last week. I'll be the moderator, okay? But can we can we start with where we intersect? Yes. Okay. All right. We're gonna start with TV shows. We have a couple media forms, forms of media to discuss, but we're going to start with TV. Now, where we intersect, only murders in the building. So Scout is like fresh off watching the finale. So this is a perfect time to discuss. What were your thoughts, Scoutala? Okay. So spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen the finale, skip forward. It's on, it's available on Hulu. Okay. So my overall thoughts were in the beginning, in the first couple episodes, I was like, I can't quite put my finger on it if this is good or not. I wasn't sure in the beginning. I talked to someone and I think that, I don't know if I got good reviews or not, but there was something I felt a little bit missing. And then it just got better and better and better. And the story got more complex and incredible. So I love it. I think everyone should watch it. Very, very good show. I do have some questions about the ending because I am a little confused. Okay, let's hear them. So a very big twist. Did not see the bassoonist being the murderer. Did not see Steve Martin's girlfriend being the murderer. That came out of nowhere for me, truly. Like, wasn't even an inkling in my mind. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I wanted to know one was Tim Kono. It seems as if Tim Kono was not her first murder. It seems as if she's been murdering her ex-boyfriends for a very long time because she seemed too comfortable in the role when she came out as the murderer. She fe- she felt like this was not amateur hour. It felt very... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she has experience with this. She's experienced... Mur- oh, now I'm scared. Like, only murders in Kensington. I'm looking around. I get, free- I get spooked. Easy. You are so Second funny. question. Did Mabel kill... The landlord? So that that we don't know. So that no, but they said bunny. She said bunny. Yeah, that was the landlord that she was standing over, and she said she scared me. Why was the landlord wearing a tie dye sweatshirt? Yeah, we don't know. Scout that. Okay, <laughs> that was why everyone was freaking out. And who texted the two guys to get out of the building? Okay, Scout. Okay, all right. Let's just step back for a second. I'm scared. Can you come over? Oh my god. <laughs> 
You're asking the questions that were unanswered for with an intentional purpose. The whole point is so that there is a season two. You thought that this was like the end of the whole thing? No, I no, I was going to say I'm, it's a really good way to make a season two. And I'm allowed to ask these questions. Look, potential spam, murderer. Someone's calling me. It's a murderer in the building. Oh, my God. I can't deal with TV like this. I get so scared. Who was your favorite character? Mine was Martin Short. He was superb. He was superb. He It, it really felt as if it was his real life. Like I felt as if that was modern, Martin Short. This is the place he's at in life. You know? <laughs> It was so believable. Oh my God. He was just a delight. Also, you know, Selena Gomez did very well. And sometimes I think I look like her a little bit. Okay, let's not flatter yourself. No, you don't think I look like... We both have really round faces, similar coloring, similar hair, same, you know, we our faces are very round. Mm, there are a lot of people with round faces. Okay, well, I see myself in her. Oh, okay. I also see myself in Kourtney Kardashian and I guess Sofia Vera Vera. So, you know, there's just a lot going on here for me as far as doppeldanger options go. Doppel what? Doppeldanger. No. (laughs) Doppelganger. Oh, oh, that sounds aggressive. It's like a gangbang. I don't like that. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Are we closing the chapter on only murders? Well, I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the writing was superb my only concern was that I actually didn't it it was really hard for me to separate again Martin Short from Martin Short and Steve Martin from Steve Martin like I don't even know what their names were on the show Steve Martin yeah me me either Steve Martin Uh, you at this point you cannot it's Steve Martin yeah I couldn't I I couldn't really separate their I don't know what their names were so but that was fine I, I it didn't bother me because I it was so good it was still very weird to see selena gomez like in this mix with these two you know very very well-known comedians but i I think she held her own i think she was she did great and just the i loved it it felt like old new york i loved the building i love i just everything was so delightful to me were you shocked at the finale that it was the bassoonist who did the murder i kind of called it I kind of called it on the previous episode. Before before her bassoon cleaner ended up in Tim Kono's sex pile? I had an inkling. I had, you know, I didn't rule out anyone. I, I know about these shows. Ugh, I have such creepy vibes. Like, I feel like she's in my house, you know? All right, well, let's, okay, maybe you shouldn't watch thrillers and horror things. This was even horror. No, absolutely not. This is the only, I can't watch murder shows. This is the only, if I'm going to watch one, this is the level that I can go to. This is my edge. Right, because it's comedy. Yeah, and it wasn't really super serious. There were like scary moments, but just thinking about murder, oh, I can't do it. Anyways. All right, okay, let's move excellent, on. Excellent, and I'm excited for season two. Great. Okay. Next on my TV show content corner, I've been watching Dancing with the Stars. So I started Dancing with the Stars for the first time last season with Caitlin Bristow, and I fell in love with it. I don't know why I, why I haven't watched it in the past. And this season is great. I'm enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. The only complaint is Tyra Banks is, <laughs> I'm sorry, is a terrible host. I don't, I don't know how this happened, but she. Oh, it's really painful to watch. Wait, is this, is she new on this season? She started last season and yeah, she just, 
I don't think she's good for live television. Like she's a good host in terms of America's Next Top Model and things like that. But live television, she keeps kind of flubbing and it's just, it's really awkward to watch. And she tries to improv and I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's not do any of that. You know, I once saw Tyra Banks walk down the street. She walked right past me in front of Kitson by the Ivy when we were in middle school. And that was like all the rage that you did when you just drove up to LA to walk into Kitson. Go to Robertson, yeah. Go to Robertson. Anyway, so yeah, loving it so far. My favorites are Cody Rigsby, of course, the Peloton instructor. <gasps> no, he's on Dancing with the Stars. Wow. What a, cr- yes. what a career has he had? He's like, I just like spinning. Boom. Yeah. Dancing with the Stars. I know. I know. He's incredible. And we have Olivia Jade come back. She's Who's been that? doing. Uh, okay. Scout. <laughs> Olivia Is Jade. Is that the. Is that the YouTuber whose mom went to jail? Yes. I thought she was being quiet. I didn't know she was in the spotlight. Well, she was on Red Table Talk. Like, no, she's been out. Is her mom out of jail? I don't think, no. Both her parents are in jail. No, the dad went first and then the mom went, I think. Oh, well, they haven't been at Dancing with the Stars. Okay, well, that makes sense. Okay. And then the girl, oh shit, why am I forgetting her name? Amanda, no, 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 sorry, wait. Amanda Klutz. Don't know who that is either. Oh my, okay. I'm just, all right. It's a great show. And everyone is doing great. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's- Another show that I'm watching. I watched the... <laughs> I have my notes. I barely watch shows. So I put this show on, which is called What If? And it's a, it's a cartoon of the Marvel Universe. And it goes through key Marvel scenes. And it says, what if something else happened? And then it plays out that story like a parallel universe. And I literally watched one episode last night, but I really didn't know what else to write. So I put that down. But... Oh my God. Wait, why isn't that a real, why is it a cartoon? Marvel does cartoons too, just to keep the franchise and the money pumping in. But it's actually really good because you watch it and I was watching it and the widow, Scarlett Johansson goes up and Tony Stark dies and is killed and then Thor is killed. And it's like, what if the Avengers never assembled? You know, it it was a good episode. So check it out for some good cheesiness. But I watched the WeWork documentary. Oh, okay. You need a medal for okay, so I I really I admire you for not watching things during the cultural zeitgeist moment. Like, what compelled you to watch it now versus when everyone was talking about it? Like, why wouldn't you want to watch it? If you're going to watch it, why not watch it when everyone's talking about it? It's like, it's I, didn't so know, I didn't know what everyone was talking about. <laughs> it just came up at my recommended. And I thought, oh you know what? God. I heard that WeWork stock went down, but I don't know anything about the story. And so I watched the documentary. Oh, Although, okay, I am going to give myself credit. I am largely involved in the cultural zeitgeist. I just... I'm not equipped yet to speak about it. I watched Dave Chappelle's comedy stand-up and have been very much in my research on what the fuck happened there. So, you know, give me points for that. But yeah, I, I definitely just watched the WeWork documentary. Okay. Well, I I don't have the mental capacity to relive that documentary and okay I just have one I have one comment on the documentary you know we watched fire festival and that was fucking shocking right yeah the we work documentary I was like so he plummeted the business right on a financial standpoint and was just pretending that it was going great 
And doesn't like every business that failed does that? And I really think we need to start putting a little bit more accountability on investors who grossly overinvest and grossly put way too many pressures on a business. Like the fact that that guy gave him $4 billion actually was the downfall of WeWork the same way that all those investors gave millions of dollars to Sofia Moroso and drove up the valuation led to the fall of Nasty Gal. I don't actually know if, you know, if WeWork would have like really fallen the way it did had he not been given $4 billion and said, go global tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talk about this a lot about how VC funding is glamorized and it, and most times it actually can be the demise of a company because they are expected to grow at a faster rate than they should be. And so sometimes, you know, people are there's this stamp of approval when you you raise so much money, but it's actually detrimental to the business. But yeah, I agree. I think more so it was, yeah, master manipulator, kind of just this type of fluffed ego in a way, which yeah, is most, you know, tech CEOs and tech founders. But it was, it was just so fascinating how big it was as a company and then how, you know, how far it fell so quickly. I think that was what was really fascinating about it was yeah. the timeline. What is on your face? One of my other current fixations is gua shaing my face. So I really, really struggle from really high intensity tension headaches on a day-to-day oh. basis. And I have found mm. that when I just apply some pressure with the gua sha around my tension points a couple times a day I, I, I'm in a lot of pain I do it oh. and it just totally relieves my headache oh I see okay so anyways I, I watched the WeWork documentary and I and I thought his wife was insane but that's cool yeah Not insane but like the we school like we're pushing the we're pushing the envelope here girl little, little culty little culty just a little delusional in many ways so anyways what else are you watching all right, The Bachelorette has premiered. Now, for those of us still in Bachelor Nation, which is just me on this podcast. Yeah, I feel like it's just you in a lot of ways. Who is still watching The Bachelor, truly? Many people are still watching The Bachelor. The thing, it's just been a journey for us here in Bachelor Nation because we have not gotten a break, okay? We went from Matt James to Katie to Paradise to now Michelle. I'm actually bummed I didn't watch Paradise. Paradise was actually, it was a little weird this year. It was whack. But Michelle's premiered this week and she's beautiful. She's great. She's a stunner. I love looking at her and admiring her beauty and her brilliant mind. Really bored. Already bored. Already. Is she a school teacher? She's a school teacher. This is her angle, if you will. She's a school teacher and she it. Plays, she played basketball in college. So it's like every guy was like, like, let me shoot a hoop. Like, you know what I mean? Wholesome girl next door. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh my I, God. I heard that on the radio. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to keep watching because I'm I'm a loyal person. Who's the host? Caitlin and Tasha again. Terrible. Again? Terrible. It, uh, they're done after this. Now it's going to be someone who was the bat. What was his name? Everyone's going to be screaming at me in the when they're listening. If you're listening to this, you're screaming in the uh, ether. He was a bachelor uh, a long time ago. Pablo? Juan Pablo? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? No, James, James Decker? Um, no, ooh. I didn't watch when he was around. I don't. I, that's not a real person. <laughs> I don't know. It's, 
<laughs> okay anyways so so there's a new guy that he was a, he was the bachelor a long time ago and he's going to be coming in for the next bachelor bachelor and they already have announced it so why do they do that why do they do that it's so much better when they pick from the pool no okay listen please please listen the new host permanently Replacing oh. Chris Harrison is this guy who was the bachelor a long time ago. And Got the it. next the next bachelor is someone from Michelle season. I won't tell people who it is because it's kind of a blind item, but it is it has been confirmed basically and announced. It's someone that's already in Michelle's season. I feel like Tyler C really deserved the bachelor spot, but he never would got never. It. He would never. Of course Why? he was offered it. He would never. He's too Why big. Why wouldn't he? He's too big. Yeah, I mean, he was on SNL with Kim K. I know. That was iconic. Matt James was on Dance with the Stars and got eliminated, which was really sad. Okay, did he have the beard or did he not have the beard? He took off the beard for Dancing with the Stars. And Rachel Rachel Kirk and Akakaku was there. Yeah. Are they still they're still together? Yeah. They're still they're still going strong. Yep. All right, we gotta we gotta, you know, keep this going. So what's yours? I have a, I have a few more to say. Oh, that's it. Oh, <laughs> Okay. The only other one was Modern Family, but we talked about that last. Okay. Huge development in the content corner. Succession. Succession is back. Season three. Guys, I was giddy all last Sunday, like literally like watching the clock tick just so that it could be time to watch Succession. It's back. It's back in full force. The Roy family were, oh my God, I miss them all so much. And we're here. We're here. Cousin Greg is back. L to the OG is back. We're here. Okay. Good for you. I know. There's not really much to report because it's only been one episode, but I'm so prepared. Are you watching the Squid Games? Okay. So that's, I have a little list of things that I want to watch next. Okay. What are they? So season three, I think season three of You came out. You was my quarantine show that like, don't watch that because if you don't, if you were spooked by only murders in the building, you'd be spooked by you. I don't even know what you is. With the guy from Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the tweet where Cardi B's like, Penn Bagley knows who I am. Remember when I thought that Penn Bagley and Seth Cohen were the same person? Oh, actually, okay. I could see that. I could see that. I could see why you would. Oh my God. Adam Brody. He needs to be on my top three. Oh yeah. Fuck. I forgot. Yeah. Adam Brody is like a Jewish Southern California crossover. Oh, he is. He's like the surfer boy that that's got the Jewish vibes. You know that he's married to Leigh Meester. Yeah. That's why I thought Penn Bagley and him were the same person. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Next up, I need to watch you. I need to watch Squid Game. I need to. Watch I won't watch Squid Game. I heard it's not good for me. Yeah. Again, if you're spooked by only murders, I don't know if you would watch. <laughs> but I. But I. Yeah. I need to watch Squid Game. I need to watch Maid, which which is with Margaret Qualley. Why can't I say her name? Margaret Qualley. And then guess what comes back this Sunday? I believe. Wait. Let me think. I don't know. Okay. Think about who I love. And what you love. Who you love and what I love. (laughs) That was the worst. (laughs) Where do our interests cross over in the TV world? Okay, I'll just say it. Curb Your Enthusiasm comes back. Oh, thank God. We all, you know what? They should have been pumping out episodes a long time ago for us. (laughs) 
Okay, well, <laughs> there was a pandemic, so. <laughs> yeah, so Curb comes back and Insecure, the last season of Insecure comes back. So those are my n- next up on the content corner. I haven't seen Insecure. Okay, oh. let's talk about books. I'm going to go. Th- You're missing out. Yeah, I know. I've, I'm, I'm missing out on a lot, but I'm just here with my gua sha, putting my pressure points to relieve tension in my body, which, side note, my body is actually falling apart and I, and I need to go see a doctor. All right, that's a, that's a discussion for another time. Let's go. Books. Oh, okay. So books right now, I am reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, you're not done? I was I was thought we were going to discuss it right now. No, I'm not done. I've been reading this oh. one a little bit slower just because I've been being a socialite and going out to dinners and stuff. Oh, so, so- <laughs> socialite. But it's, okay. it's pretty incredible. And this is, I'm really going to try my best to not sound pretentious in the literature department. It's pretty incredible. Honestly, it's unavoidable, Scout. You're going to sound me. pretentious. It is, yeah, it it's unavoidable for you. unavoidable for me. Yeah. So when one reads this type of a book and more of an entertainment kind of, it's not a romance novel, but an entertainment novel where it's a page turner, it's it's for the story, not not really every, anything else. I would disagree, but okay, keep going. You can read 50 pages in like a sitting. Very quickly. So what are you saying? That literature can't be a page turner? Like, why? Why? I think Taylor Jenkins read her novels are comparable to the type of books, like the level of sophistication that you require. Um, I don't know. I think it's a mix. I think it has a little bit of it. And then I think it has a little bit of like faster pace, the modern romance, entertainment, gossipy novel. There are definitely some beautiful insights. It is crafted incredibly. The character, like everything is there. It's just, I don't necessarily read for entertainment. Like for entertainment, stuff like that. That's for, all I read. For being on the edge of my seat, for flipping the page. That's what I watch TV for, I feel like, which we know I don't really watch TV that much. But for for me, I, I go to books for different reasons. So I'm reading that book, which is really, I actually highly recommend everyone read it. But everyone has already read it, Scout. Everyone has already read it. You texted me and said, have you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? I'm like, yeah, bitch, where have you been? <laughs> like, uh, literally everyone has read it. So you don't even need to, <laughs> to recommend it. Oh, okay. The Midnight Library. So good. What is this? Absolutely insane. It's written by a guy named Matt Haig, I believe it is, H-A-I-G. And it is about a girl who uh, commits suicide and she goes into this purgatory. It's a library. She goes into purgatory. And they tell her that she has the option to pick a different type of life. So let's say like a, a different parallel life and go back and live it and see if she wants to stay in that parallel life, she wants to go back to living or she actually does want to die. So she picks things like, what if I didn't call off the engagement? Let me see what that kind of life is. And so she enters into all these different stages of her life and then she decides what she wants to do. And it's it's done very, very well. I think it should be made into a movie too. I hope so. How are you not spooked by that, but you're spooked by only murders in the building? Because a suicide is something one does to oneself. A murder is something that is a little bit uncontrollable in my sense. Like, thanks for thanks for mansplaining murder to me. You asked me the question. I'm explaining my fucking. I thing. didn't ask you to define suicide. No, but I'm saying I'm not. It doesn't spook me because I'm not. There's nothing that's I'm in danger of, right? And then the other book that I read that I really loved was Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut, which I can't believe I've never read. It is very, very good. 
have I read a Kurt Vonnegut book? I feel... You must have. I feel like I must have a long time ago, but... Let me just tell you what's coming oh. up next on the on the docket oh, for me. coming up next. Coming up next oh. on the docket for me is A Return to Love by Marion Williamson. I'm shocked I've never read it. She is queen of queen of spiritual, modern day spirituality. And uh, Ryan Holiday came out with a new book about courage. So obviously I bought Ooh. that. I'm really excited and we'll be reading that next as yes. well. Ryan Holiday stands over here for sure. Okay. What a good list. Thank you. Now, I'm just going to say I'm going to go on the whole other end of the spectrum. I only read for entertainment and I've been a reading machine. I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to even be humble. I've been reading a fuck ton. Okay. So I'm going to list them off. I'm going to start from when we went to Tulum. Okay. So I read Malibu Rising, which is Taylor Jenkins Reid, another one of her books. I don't think you would like it. I'm just going to say that to you, Scout. I thought it was incredible. I honestly, I honestly thought a lot of people didn't like it as much as her other books. I liked it more. So I don't know what that says about me, but I loved it. And I think it's because I have such a interesting connection to Malibu. We went to sleepaway camp there. So there's this kind of kinship towards it. So it felt it's based in the 60s in Malibu. So, well, some of it in the 60s, some of it in the 80s. It's great. All right. I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. Didn't love it. It was really scary. Definitely would not recommend for you, Scout. You will get spooked. A uh, lot of murders in that one, for sure. This is why I don't like spooky season. Yeah. Next, I read The Heart Principle by Helen Huang, which you guys all know because it was a September book club pick, and you can listen to that episode with her. It was fabulous. Then I read It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. If you are looking for straight porn to consume... I would highly recommend this book. Like it was, it was, it was a lot. Okay. So this was my like number one pornographic book ever. So funny scout because your, your best friend, Stephanie texts me all the time and I give her all my recs. She texts me all the time and she, I get, she says, I want, she says, I want straight up porn. I want straight up pornography. So I gave her um, this one and she came back to me and was like, Holy fucking shit. Give me more. Give me more. In the words of Britney Spears, give me more. <laughs> so that is my recommendation if you're looking to for to porn. Okay. Next, I read The Love Hypothesis, which everyone in the romance novel community has been reading. Allie Hazelwood. Very cute. I read it in like a day. So it was just really delightful. Then I read Daisy Jones and the Six, which is another Taylor Jenkins read book, which everyone fucking loves. Scout, this is the book you need to read. Honestly, I would recommend it more than Seven Husbands for you. Wow. Well, I need a new female writer since I'm a little bit. You're like a male writer, male author reader. It's weird. It's so weird. It's so off brand. I am like full. I'm full female. I don't even remember the last time I read a male author. I'm full female read authors. So Daisy Jones and the Six is about a rock and roll band. I believe it's in the 70s. It reminds me so much of Just Kids by Patti Smith. It's Mm. about sex, rock and roll, drugs. And the way it's written is really unique because it's written as a oral history. No, not oral history. Yeah, oral history where people talk and then they write. Like It's like an interview style, basically. And so that was really unique. And you would love it. You would. I was reading it the whole time and I just thought this is the book for Scout. Wow. So that's my recommendation to you, Scout. I'm going to be very honest and please don't cancel me. I didn't like it. The ending salvaged everything for me. I thought the ending was 
phenomenal. Taylor Jenkins Reid is so good at endings and like spins at the end. Just you wait for Evelyn Hugo spin at the end. I don't like it when people tell me there's a spin at the end because then I start formulating what the spin is. And if I guess it, you've ruined it for me. You're not going to guess it. Okay. I think my my prediction is that the main character of the Evelyn Hugo is like related to Evelyn Hugo or something. Nope. <laughs> Just keep reading and you'll see. Okay. Then talking about spooky season, which was very interesting. You, everyone knows that we do not like Halloween. We don't like this type of time of year. But I did read and I joined book of the month. You know that I've never been a book of the month person. I was like, why am I not? So I joined book of the month and their October book or one of them, you get to pick which one was the X hex, which is a romance novel about witches. Okay. And look, I was really skeptical and I was like, ugh, this sounds so cheesy and terrible. And I also just don't like spooky season, but I read this in a day and it just warmed my heart so much. It was, it was again, very pornographic, Witch, witchy porn <laughs> and it was um you know just very girl Gilmore Girls-esque like it felt like they were in Stars Hollow like I felt that type of cozy season vibe so it was a nice way for me to get into the spooky season mood without you know partaking in any activities but rather reading a romance novel so it was perfect for me and then the last one I read was While We Were Dating which is the Ocasis book club pick for October and I talked to Jasmine Guillory yesterday and I was fangirling. I was really nervous. I was fangirling a lot because she is romance novel royalty. And while we were dating, she said on the podcast, actually, I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to listen to the episode, but there's, it's very steamy. Okay. That's all I'll say. Great book. And then next up for me, you know, I don't have another romance novel lined up, which is very scary for me because I, I, I usually need one to get uh, excited about. But the one the non-romance novels that I have next up, The Guest List by Lucy Foley, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner, Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Newell, and Animal by Lisa Todio. Have you read Lisa Todio, the three women book? Honestly, I'm zoned out for the last eight minutes. Oh, no, I've never read a Lisa Todeo book. I feel like she's your type of author. Oh, okay. Uh, we have a very limited amount of time left because we got to hop on Green Room after this, Mad. So can I talk about my new okay. podcast that I'm listening to? Yes, you can. Thank you. This is where I'm lacking. This is the media form that I'm lacking. So go ahead. Okay, so I wanted to highlight two new podcasts that I'm loving. The first is Dear Gabby by Gabby Bernstein, who we all know is... My spiritual leader, mentor, I love her so much. Mentor from afar, I've never actually spoken to her. I was going to say. <laughs> she is the author of The Universe Has Your Back. She's the one that spiritually cracked me open during my first spiritual awakening. And she has a podcast where three times a month, three episodes a month, she gets on live. She, it's like a live show and people come on and ask her advice and then she gives advice. It's absolutely phenomenal. And then one time a month, she has like a what she calls a big talk with Gabby where she interviews someone and they go more in depth. So just being in Gabby's energy is the fucking best. She is incredible and she's pregnant again. So big mazel tov to her. And then the other one that I really, really like is Jason Tardick's new podcast, Trading Secrets. It's a really good show. It's produced very, very well. So 
they have like the bell. He's He has incredible energy. And then he interviews somebody and they get into kind of how the money works in that industry. So he's had Gary Vee on. He's had the millionaire matchmaker on. He's had Claudia Ashray on. And then at the end, he recaps and talks about the money points and the statistics for that job industry, et cetera, et cetera, how to get into it, all this stuff. So it's a very, very well done podcast that leads into his money membership or something that he has. But he is killing it on this podcast. I love it. I know. I do need to listen to that. I love the niche. It's a great angle for him. I'm so happy he didn't do like a another bachelor or, you know, interview style type thing. No, it's it's very far away from the bachelor. And I will say this real quick because we do have to go here is that Patty from the Millionaire Matchmaker, I actually was listening to her on his podcast. She, before Millionaire Matchmaker, her TV show came out, she pitched for one of her millionaires to live in a mansion with 15 other girls who would be fighting for his love. And they rejected it. And then The Bachelor came out. Wow. So she was a fortune teller. No, she she pitched The Bachelor and they said no to her. And then they went and created The Bachelor. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, so those are two new podcasts uh, that I highly recommend you all to check out. Amazing. I'm still on, you know, I, the po- my podcast game has been weak. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. As in, as in new podcasts that I've been listening to or discovering, I'm still, you know, listening to everything on The Ringer. I listen to Bachelor Party, Tea Time, and then The Watch because they recap Succession. And obviously The Morning Toast. I listen to Conan religiously. Uh, when I want, you know, podcast is not really where I go to. It used to be a place where I would learn and, and you know, learn about business and, you know, spirituality or whatever, self-care, empowerment. But now, lately it's just been more entertainment, just things to put on while I cook and, and not really like inspiring. But if I did want that type of stuff, then I would listen to the expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips, of course. Yeah. Also, uh, Alexis Haynes podcast is back recovering from reality, which is getting very, very good because, well, it's always been good, but she's in an open relationship with her husband and they're really diving into what that looks like. It's I'm so happy for her. I've DM'd her. We've talked about it. It's incredible. If you've been following along in her journey, check out her podcast, Recovering from Reality. It's really, really beautiful and very expansive and incredible. So, Wow. Okay. We need to wrap up. This was the content corner. Okay, sis, update. If you don't have any content to consume after this episode, then there's something wrong. So let us know what you think and also join our Geneva group and go into our current fixations room and tell us what you're consuming lately. Yay. I love it. And you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel, Mads at Maddie Mayo, and OKSIS Podcast at OKSIS Podcast. We love you, sisters. Love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 